Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, All month of January, the whole month, we are doing podcast exclusives. I'm kind of retooling my schedule in this new year and trying to figure out what best works for me because as a Gemini moon... Uh, I just really love variety in all the content that I do. So we're running a Twitch stream, we're running a YouTube channel, we're running a past broadcast channel, we're running a TikTok, an Instagram, and a podcast, and uh, just doing the most, you know, out there grinding and hustling. So um, we're trying out something a little bit different. And normally, if you're unfamiliar, I oftentimes will do like half the podcasts on my YouTube channel, uh, which is just Chloe Taylor on YouTube. It's always linked down below. And then I'll do uh, a corresponding podcast here as well. So there'll be like a video and the audio, and then we'll do half the podcast as podcast exclusives. But this month we're doing all podcast exclusives. So I'm really excited. Those of you that only listen to the podcast know that I feel like when it's just us, it's a much more cozy atmosphere. Something about putting a camera in front of me and knowing that thousands of people watch versus having a much smaller community on the podcast, at least at this time, I feel like it just hits different. We have a cozier time. I have a cup of tea next to me that I am definitely going to be drinking throughout. Mm, Delicious. But um, today I really wanted to talk to you about how this year in, well, now we're in 2021 when you're hearing this, but it's being recorded at the tail end of 2021. And, um, I wanted to talk to you about how in 2020, the craziest year, I think collectively that we've gone through in some time, some of us, maybe ever the craziest year, uh, I really manifested, I'm willing to tell you my dream life in so many ways. Granted, I don't feel like I've hit every single milestone, but for the most part, the things that were the most important to me came into fruition in 2020 and it happened very quickly. So I kind of wanted to talk about my method for doing this, what I think really changed it for me. And I want to read you some really personal stuff from my own journal entries. So Uh, If you haven't taken the time yet this year in 2021 now to ask yourself what you want in this year for this year of your life, uh, I encourage you to try this technique out when you have a moment. But basically on December 31st, 2019, I sat down with my journal and this is what I wrote. I wrote a thank you letter basically to the universe and to the year 2019. So I haven't read this in a little bit. So um, bear with me as we look through it. Uh, but I wrote, thank you, 2019. This year, you brought me into the depths of myself. You showed me how to manage my truth, speak up, speak out, and just to speak. You taught me how to appreciate myself alone. You taught me how to see under the mask of others' pain so that I may be a healer to those in need. You taught me that by blood or by choice, family exists, and the ones who show up and make space are them. 
You cracked me open, guts exposed, and on the floor. You showed me how to rebuild, how to pick myself back up, how to put me back together again. You showed me over and over that manifestation is real. You took care of me. Every time things felt hopeless, the sun always rose again. You taught me self-respect and boundaries. You broke me, but lovingly. You put me back together even stronger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Pinecone, which Pinecone is my car that I bought in 2019, a brand new car. Uh, Thank you for alignment with Andrew. So um, I'm kind of going to explain some of these things, but my husband's name is Andrew and spirituality wise, we have always not seen eye to eye. And even though it happened in 2018, I don't think I ever expressed the gratitude. We really came together spiritually in 2018 and like now following through into 2019 and 2020. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for Cozy Kale, which Cozy Kale was the original brand before Chloe Taylor was really built. So Cozy Kale was a stepping stone to get to where I am now. Uh, Thank you for my mother-in-law, Hillary and Cammie. Thank you for Park City. Um, I think we went on like a vacation that year. Thank you for the Heber hot spring, which, uh, when my parents came and visited that year, I got to hang out with my dad and my sister and my niece, and it was really special. Thank you for the gas station with my dad. And I don't remember what happened in that moment. I wish I had journaled about it because it must've been something special. Thank you for Amelia and Manny. These are a couple of my friends. Thank you for the salt caves with Hillary. Does that say salt caves? Salt caves. When did we go to the salt caves? Thank you for the salt caves with Hillary and the podcast. We went to the salt caves. I wonder if that's supposed to say salt flats. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and thank you for all the tarot clients. So in 2019, I was actually reading tarot for people privately. Now, many of you know, especially if you've come from my YouTube channel, which I know not everybody does, but many of you that have come from my YouTube channel, Uh, I get asked all the time if I do private readings and I used to, that was actually, I feel like how I got more confident in my readings is I used to take on clients and I realized that that was not really the line of work I wanted to do. I prefer helping people in a collective sense versus one-on-one. And it doesn't mean that I don't think one-on-one work is valuable because it really is. That's how we make the biggest impact I think is down to the one-on-one level But I feel like my mission in life is so much bigger than that. And that's no shade on anybody who does one-on-one clients. I think you're out there doing the goddess's work, okay? But um, for me, I've never liked that kind of work. And even though I was happy and I was so grateful that I was getting to spend energy with people and connect with other people's energy in this way and really work with people, it was just not the way that I desired to continue to work. But at that time in 2019... Tarot clients were really what helped me. I had almost no money to my name. My husband was the sole provider in my house. And my career, I've talked about this countless times, my career from probably about, I'm going to say 2017, early 2017 through 2019, like maybe even a little bit of the end of 2016, my gaming career that I had spent several years on was tanking really hard. 
And I was lucky to make like $200 a month on that career. And it was a career that I used to make my total livelihood on like thousands of dollars a month. And it just tanked so hard and tarot picking up tarot and tarot clients was really monetarily what got me through what helped me to actually make ends meet in a way that wasn't working a nine to five. I feel like, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast and this is no shame for any of you that are in nine to fives. I think if that works for you, I'm happy for you. I think for some people it works better than others. I am somebody that I would rather, I would rather not have a roof over my head than work a nine to five like that to me is the epitome of like soul death for me. And I will do almost anything before going back to that kind of work because I've done it and I was miserable. I wanted to trigger warning. Um, I wanted to die every single day when I worked a nine to five. Yeah. I was so miserable. Um, so tarot clients in 2019 were really what got me through that year and helped me make ends meet and learn more about myself, my own spirituality. And I talk about this in my readings sometimes as well, that, um, when you are connected to a tarot reader's energy, this is something that the bougie psychic taught me when you are connected to another healer's energy, Oftentimes you're connected to them because they have either been through something similar, not always, but they have often been through something similar or are healing from something similar. And you're attracted to that energy because they are healing themselves while they're healing you. And I thought that was such a beautiful understanding of healing and healers. So I do use tarot as a healing tool. Uh, I just that's just me. So anyways, enough about tarot. <laughs> um, that was just like my thank you to 2020. And I almost got a little emotional as I was reading it because I remember, or my thank you to 2019, because in 2019, 2019 was like the year that I just, I did a lot of self work, but I was so afraid I was so afraid of everything. I was so afraid to try new things. I was so afraid to leave the career that I had built. I was so afraid to, I was so scared. I just, I didn't know how my family was going to continue to survive on my husband's income by himself. I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet in another way. I was living in such a limited way and I felt truly broken down and cracked open. And I think 2018 also like 2018 and 19 were just really difficult years in general. 2017 parts of it were also very difficult and coming into 2020, some of it was difficult, but it got easier over time this year. So that was, like I said, December 31st, 2019, that was my thank you. So on that same night, I wrote, in 2020, I deserve. So this is now the second journal entry for my 2020, and I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to talk about kind of the things that have happened and how they worked out. And I encourage, like I said, all of you to do this. Write that thank you to 2020, even if it was the hardest motherfucking year of your life. Write how it changed you. Write how it opened your perception. Write how it broke you the fuck down. Ugh, sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional. Um, write about those things that you realized in yourself. Write about those aha moments or if there were really big, beautiful, gratifying changes that were physical as well, like in the physical reality. Write about those things. Um, 
So in 2020, I deserve one. A home, this, some of my shit, I'm going to warn you right now, a lot of it is very material based. And that is because in 2019, I had nothing. Like, yes, I had food in my cupboards. I barely had a roof over my head, uh, was barely making ends meet. My power was constantly getting shut off. My phone was constantly getting shut off. Like, it, it was a mess, okay? So a lot of the stuff that I desired for 2020 was very material, and I feel like moving into 2021, which I have not actually written when I'm filming this, I will write it at the end, like probably on the 21st during the Great Conjunction in December. But <clears throat> um, a lot of it was material based because I didn't feel like I had a lot. So number one, a fully decorated home in the style we choose. And anytime I say we, I'm talking about me and my husband. Heart chakra living room, bathroom solar plexus, kitchen third eye. Oh, okay. So heart chakra, living room and bathroom. So originally I wanted to decorate my home like the chakra system. And I kind of have done this to a degree, uh, a solar plexus kitchen, third eye office, root chakra bedroom, and an outdoor space that is private, safe, cozy, and beautiful. Um, I will say this, our home has gotten so many upgrades this year. Like we changed a lot of the lighting in our house to reflect this. We, most of the lights in our house now we operate from our phones and we can make them any color we want, which you can make the chakra colors if you want to. Um, <clears throat> my living room has a very pink tinge to most of the decor. And that's because pink is my favorite color and it, uh, green and pink are the heart chakra colors. So did that, bought a new couch this year, bought new desks this year, new computer setups, um, new bedding stuff. I talked a lot about this in my manifestation video that I will link down below for you uh, in the things that I manifested off of my vision board in like a two month period. It was crazy. Um, we've upgraded so much of our home space, like so, so, so much of it. Our house is not what it was before. We actually have furniture, like we just had our bed on the floor for the longest time. No end tables, no dressers. Like, and my husband and I have been married for a long time. Like it's not, I think this year was seven years married, but 12 or 13 together. I would have to do the math. We ball and chain. Okay. We've been together since we were like 17. Um, but you know, lots of home upgrades did happen this year and I could sit and count them all off, but just know that I would say the only thing that didn't really come true in this was the outdoor space. And ultimately I think that's because I don't like where I live. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, that's the truth. I don't really like where we live. We live in a very busy location and it's kind of loud here. My neighbors are not always respectful that we share a front yard and a backyard and they have like big dogs or a big dog. Um, and we just live in a busy area. So the outdoors is never quiet. And ultimately I need to move somewhere where there's like a balcony or a better outdoor space. I don't really feel safe outside in this location. So I think that's part of it is we've just outgrown this space and we honestly need to move. Um, so number two, I have upgraded tech. So when I tell you everything in this number two category manifested, everything in this number two category manifested everything. So number two, upgraded tech, a MacBook pro, uh, with keyboard and mouse. Um, it is fully loaded with final cut pro top of the line, uh, version of logging camera, a lavalier mic, upgraded gaming parts, a second switch with custom controllers and animal crossing new horizons. Number two, one for me and one for Andrew or times two. 
functional office chair, high quality headphones, and anything needed to bring the highest quality to my work. These items will manifest so that I may work to provide the best content for the collective, no matter where in the world I am. So some of this stuff as I'm filming this is actually still manifesting. Like I have a gaming PC that is coming to me next week. Um, those of you that watch my vlogging channel know that I broke my gaming tower during a Mercury retrograde and I haven't replaced it yet. I've been doing everything from my new MacBook, which has been lovely. Um, but even with like the quality of my tarot readings, I have the upgraded equipment. I just need to buy a better tripod. <laughs> so there's like a couple of things that are still manifesting, but before the year is through, they will be here. Um, so number three, financial abundance so that I may pay my bills with ease and still be able to live comfortably and save my share my abundance with others. So I'm going to stop right there and just say that this absolutely has come true. All of my bills, I'm able to pay them effortlessly. I always have more than enough. And on top of that, this is the first year during the holiday season that I was able to gift my friends presents. I feel like I've never been able to do that comfortably. Uh, we didn't really do family this year because we both come from huge families. And I probably get this from my Virgo mother, but we always feel like if we're going to gift a present to a family member, we have to do everyone. Like we don't want to be unfair. And there are so many people like my family alone. There are seven kids. All of them have spouses. Some of them have kids. Like it's like almost 30 people on my side. And then his side, there's a lot of like stepkids and um, blended families. And so we just decided not to do family this year. So apologies, family, if you're listening, we only did friends this year. Uh, next year, though, we're coming for that six figure entrepreneurship. Okay, family is going to get like the most. <laughs> but um, not that the holiday season is about presents, because it's not. But um, basically, being able to share of abundance without having to worry is what I'm saying. And even when it comes to like donating places, I used to be that person that would always click like, no, anytime they were like, Oh, do you want to donate like money for St. Jude's? Or do you want to donate like at Petco? They'll be like, do you want to donate to this shelter? I used to always say no. Now I'm like, yeah, let me throw $25 down on that. Like anytime, because when you accept that money is a constant stream of energy and you allow it to flow to you naturally without suffocating it, literally every time I spend money, it multiplies back to me. And that is the crazy truth. Anytime that changes, it's usually because my mindset has kind of stepped backward into fear. So that absolutely has come true. Um, then I wrote specifics and this part has not come true. Um, I see this as 10 K a month minimum, but universe, you know, best. So I even put in here, like, you know what I need more than I do. You see my dream. Give me what I need to be able to eat, play, work, travel, which traveling obviously didn't happen in 2020 with ease and with abundance. So technically this did happen because my ideal was 10 K a month, which I would say I made more than half of that pretty consistently this month or this month, this year for a good chunk of the year. But um, that was not from just like one stream of income. That was from multiple sources, managing multiple projects and also um, throwing my husband's income in there with me. So still didn't quite make that 10K on my own every single month, which is the goal. But 
um, I, I think it's funny that I put that clause in there, but universe, you know, best you see my dream. And I do feel like I've been taken care of. Like, I don't feel like I have been hurting for money or suffocating or, you know, everything has been pretty readily available to me, even not hitting that 10 K mark. So really funny stuff. So that I would say was pretty freaking true. Um, and I want to add to that with the money stuff. I talked a lot about this again in that manifestation video that I did, which I will link for you, but something I want to mention, and let me get a little tea sip in here. My throat's being funny. Mm. Something I want to mention about that is it's not like I just had a bunch of money in my savings account. Like I mentioned, I was getting my phone shut off constantly. I was getting my power shut off. I was, you know, it wasn't, I've in my adult life, this year was the first year that I actually feel like I had money to do things like had money to live normally. <laughs> and I say normally with like big air quotes, because what does that even mean? But I had money to actually take care of my basic human needs. And then there was still extra if I wanted to do something else. So that in my entire adult life has never been the case until now. So that to me is crazy that that worked out because that is something I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for, for probably the last like three or four years consistently. And this was the year that it all changed. And I feel like what really made the difference, if any of you out there are struggling with this, I really encourage you to listen to the podcast that I talked about money. I talked, I think at least in two podcasts, I was debunking limiting money beliefs and talking about the process of my money story and how I've really overcome a lot of those limiters. And I did a lot of work on that, on my subconscious, excuse me, on the way that I speak about money, on the way that I talk about money, on how I spend money, on how I give money. I was raised in a household that... I wouldn't say that my parents were selfish. I would actually argue that one of my parents is not very selfish at all and is quite generous with their money. Other things, maybe not so much, but um, I have another parent. I'm not going to give specifics because I'm never here to drag my parents online. They're just people doing the best they can with what they have. But my other parent, I feel like is a lot more less giving with their income and they're always trying to hold on to everything they have or spend it in a certain way. And so I was always really taught that there was never enough. And I had to overcome that limiter of like, no, there's always enough. The universe will always give that to me. And it came true <laughs> when I finally let go of all of that stuff. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so number four, we have travel. Now, obviously none of this shit came true. We're in 2020. We know that nobody is out here traveling. So I'll still read it to you. I have travel. I will go to Paris, London, California, Georgia, Oregon, and somewhere beachy aside from California. 2020 air surround me now and travel is under my wings. Easy travel with abundance. So before the problem with traveling was I never had enough money to travel and my husband always had to work because he would like get sick at a certain point in the year and have to use all of his sick time to, instead of his like using it for vacation or just like things like that would like we've never really been able to travel in any capacity. And this year is the year that we would have been able to do it if Rona wasn't a thing. So um, I don't know why I put California on here because to be honest, and if I have any family listeners, this is not shade on my family, but 
I feel like because we are the only two people that live away from our families, it's always expected that we should come there. And there are a few people that do come visit us. And I'm so grateful that they've done that. Um, but it's like always expected that we should go there. And I think what people don't understand is that somebody that has like a very hypersensitivity, I am a highly sensitive person and an empath, um, being highly sensitive we're going to kind of deviate on a little side story here. Being highly sensitive in an empath, there actually is a difference. When you're empathic, usually this is something that you are just like born with um, or you like adapt it over time. When you're highly sensitive, usually this is a trauma response and they are both really valuable gifts, but I tend to fall more on the highly sensitive person spectrum. I feel like I do think I harbor some empathic gifts as well, but I tend to lean more towards being highly sensitive because I've experienced a trauma in my childhood, a lot of it. And because of that, I'm always trying to read other people's emotions and make sure that they're comfortable and it's exhausting. And I don't think somebody that hasn't had to use that as a coping mechanism to not get abused really understands when you put someone like me in an environment with so many people that want your attention, it is devastating. Like I, it's not the same as if like I was leading a conference or something or public speaking, that's different. But I feel like when you're actually meeting people that you have a lot of like, I guess like long-term attachment to, or like family attachment or a history with, shall we say, when you are dealing with a lot of that, it can be overwhelming and sometimes it can activate my trauma responses. So to be honest, I don't even know why I would write California in here. I have no intention or like want to go down there. That's where like my family is all from. My husband's family all lives there. There are so many people that want our attention when we're there that and it's like, it's sad because there are people I want to see, like this is authentic and unapologetic podcast. So we're going to be authentic and unapologetic about it. But it's really sad because it's not like I don't want to see people. It's not like I don't love people in my family, both sides. Um, I have better relationships with some of my in-laws than some of my like blood related family. Um, you know, it's not like I don't care about people or I don't love them and I don't want to see them. It's that there's a lot of trauma that I have not processed as an individual yet. And it's something that I'm still a work in progress on. And I do think eventually I will want to go back there, but it's something that is a very hard thing for me to do. So I don't know why I would put California on this list. I feel like I was just joshing myself. Um, I was just trying to be nice. And I feel like that's a whole other story for a whole other time of like needing to be pleasant or like do something because it's what other people expect you to do this like expectation. Um, but like I've told my husband numerous times who doesn't deal with this same thing that like he should really just book a ticket by himself. Like, please go tell your family that I love them. It's not them. Trust me. Like it's, there's just too much wrapped up in that for me. And I don't know when I'm going to be ready to do that if I'm ever going to be ready to do that. So um, that's the tea on that. I don't know why I would put California down, but really want to go to Paris and London. I want to take my husband back there. I actually went in 2018 with my mom and um, 
I, I don't know why I ever thought I could go to Paris without my husband. It's the city of love. It's my favorite city in the world. Um, he needs to experience Paris and London. <laughs> um, and then Georgia, I have a friend that lives there that I haven't seen in a couple of years. Oregon, I've always wanted to visit, but I never have. Um, I've even thought about like, I would love to live in Oregon. So I want to go there and experience it. And somewhere beachy, I feel like I would either try to go to like Florida, maybe so I could do like Disney World and stuff. Or I would have tried to do maybe like Mexico, somewhere in Mexico. Um, but I just I miss the beach when you live really inland. And I like live in like a mountain wonderland. It is very pretty here. But sometimes I just miss the beach. Um, even though I don't know that I want to live by the beach ever. It's nice to visit. <laughs> or Hawaii. Hawaii would have been fun too. Um, okay. So number five, I have the best shape of my life. I actually feel like this came true in a roundabout way too. And let me explain. No, I am not a fucking skinny legend. No, I did not transform my body overnight. However, when I say the best shape of my life, that is like the easiest thing for me to achieve because I've never been in shape. So even like the smallest amount of effort would put me in the best shape of my life. And I have done that. Uh, many of you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have an exercise bike that me and my husband invested in this year. And it has been the best thing for me. I work out five to six days a week, an hour every single time. It is truly one of the best purchases I think I've ever made as an adult. It was kind of pricey. I will link it down below if you're interested because I feel like, um, especially in America, uh, do I want to say this? I'm going to say it because again, authentic and unapologetic. We know filters over here, but I feel like astrologically, at least from what I'm seeing in the transits and also what I'm hearing from other astrologers that I really admire, there is definitely this energy for January and February and possibly the tail end of December. We may already be experiencing it when you're hearing this um, of potential, like having an actual lockdown in America, which we haven't really done. So I felt like my husband, when the timing was correct and we were able to, I was like, Andrew, we need to buy this bike. We're not going to be able to go outside potentially for a little bit. And if I cannot move my body, I'm going to lose my mind. Also, it snows where we live and gym memberships. No, thank you. Not in the middle of Rona. Okay. Um, no, thank you. Not doing that. Also, I'm such an introverted, highly sensitive person. I don't want to go to a gym anyways. I would always rather work out at home. So um, also, I've mentioned this before. I'm handicapped. And I have hip and knee dysplasia and a recumbent bike was the best, like was the best. I don't know why my parents didn't invest in one of these when I was a kid, because it really, really, really gave me the ability to have, or has given me the ability to have physical fitness and to have a routine with my body. And I've never had that in my entire life. I've never had that. So I could sit and talk about that for hours in another, in another episode, we're going to talk about health stuff, but um, beautiful, beautiful purchase. Love my bike. Love it to death. Um, so best shape of my life. I feel like I've accomplished, even though, like I said, I'm not a skinny legend. I didn't lose like all the weight that I would like to lose. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on my relationship with food. Again, that's another episode for another time. But in terms of the best shape of my life, I actually feel like I've hit it because it wasn't very hard to hit because I've never been in shape. So, um, I've been working out now when I'm recording this, I started working out. It's been almost a month of really consistent working out and I don't plan to stop any time soon. Um, 
And then I think this is the last one. Yeah, the last one is Grow Cozy Kale, which Cozy Kale is Chloe Taylor now, and Twin Flames Pod, which was my other podcast that we went on hiatus sometime in 2020. And I don't know if we've picked it back up. There's talk of it, but we've never made any, we haven't made any concrete decisions. Um, Grow Cozy Kale and Twin Flames podcast, no specifics, you see my heart, you see my dreams, just grow and work at more coffee shops, which I didn't do this because again, 2020, <laughs> like go there and work with my man, my manifested MacBook and work on this stuff. So in 2021, I definitely like if we actually are able to and things change, I do want to work at more coffee shops. I do want to go outside more. I feel like in 2020, we didn't really have a summer. <laughs> like I usually do a lot more walking outside. I garden. I do more stuff in the sun. And I just like did not do that in 2020. I stayed inside the whole mother effing year. And that's okay. You know what? Sometimes that be how it is. Um, so that's what I had for going into 2020. And I kind of explained what I feel like manifested, what I feel like didn't. And for the most part, I feel like a lot of stuff did come true. And I think it's really important to speak to God, the universe, your guides, your higher self, whatever it is that you gravitate towards. I think it's really important to first always start with a thank you. Always start by saying I'm thankful. I'm grateful, even when things were difficult and really then moving into listen now, Linda, this is what I deserve. And it's not about micromanaging the universe because you're not going to sit and tell the universe every single day for the next 365 days, this is what I deserve and you better fucking give it to me. It's that you do it once <laughs> at the beginning of the year or at the end of the previous year and you're golden. That's it. You reflect on it the following year. I mean, I feel like if you're really hyper productive, you can go deeper into that and actually come up with like concrete plans and steps of how you're going to do things. I don't know that I really did that. I feel like for me, the biggest thing that happened was back in May of 2020, I changed my channel to Taurus in the Kitchen for a brief period because I thought I was going to be a cooking channel because I do love cooking. I'm a Taurus. Um, I thought I was going to be a cooking channel for a minute. And then not even three weeks later, we rebranded to Chloe Taylor. And what's so funny about that is during my entire career, like no matter what I've done, if I've done gaming, if I've done lifestyle, if I've done, I have always wanted to just be myself. Always. There was always this, I wish I could just be Chloe Taylor. I wish that like other people didn't take that name. I wish I could get the handle. And what's even funnier about that is I've always said that I wanted to change the spelling of my name to be K-L-O-E-E -E, because that is not actually how it is spelled legally. Um, it is still with a K, but it's not spelled K-L-O-E-E -E legally. And I've always said like, oh, that's how I would love to change my name to be spelled like that. And I don't even know what happened. It was like, I think in May or June, it just hit me. And I was like, holy fuck. I'm just going to be Chloe Taylor, like K-L-O-E-E -E, Taylor. Taylor's my middle name. And so I just did, I just did it. I was like, we're just going to rebrand one more time. <laughs> and it, it was great. It's been great. I feel like, I don't even know. I want to say I had like one video 
go it wasn't like insane viral like it didn't hit millions of people but i think that video has almost like 400,000 views it was one of my pick a card readings that went somewhat viral and that video really carried my channel into its next phase and i think if I could leave you with anything about manifesting what you want, if you feel like you haven't been getting anywhere, if you've been praying for the same shit day in and day out and nothing is changing, the best thing that I can tell you to do is two things. Number one, get the book Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. One of the best books I've ever read. This was the book that gave me the courage to go after my dreams and pursue my passions without failing and without anytime I got knocked back, I would get up you know, getting knocked down a hundred times, I got up 101. It always was there to give me that strength. So, um, I would always recommend that book to everybody who is trying to follow passions lead and do something different. But the other thing I would say is that if something's not working, you have to be the person that does the critical thinking and ask yourself why it's not working. And I think this is probably one of the hardest things you will ever do because you have to, like, we're already our own worst critics, all of us. We're already always our own worst critics. And you have to be able to be honest with yourself and ask yourself what's not working. Why aren't you happy? And ask yourself those important questions. If you're working a nine to five and you hate it, ask yourself what you could be doing instead. Is there a way that you could start taking steps to get out of your nine to five? Is there a way that, you know, I, this is probably one of like the best critical thinking skills that came out of 2020 for me. And even probably 2019 a little as well is when I have a problem, I let myself have it, you know, and that was, that came in 2020. That's new to me. I'm a Gemini moon in tropical astrology. We don't do feelings. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm also like, major cancer vibes in a lot of places in my chart too. So I do, I do do feelings, but when it comes to my moon placement, feeling my feelings is a new thing. It's not something that a, I was never taught how to regulate my emotions as a child. And that's on tr trauma parenting. That's on toxic parenting. I was never taught how to regulate my emotions. I was always kind of told you get to cry about it for this amount of time. And then you have to be done. Um, so emotions are very, like they're new to me. And even though I felt them, I've always felt like they were out of control. I've always felt like I'm either being swallowed by my emotions or like I'm not feeling them at all. And I feel like 2020, you know, a lot of us really went inward, right? Not everybody. Obviously there's tons of frontline workers and I want you to know that I'm so grateful that you have been able to help us through this. But those of us that have had to stay home or have had to go inward. It's not just a, a physical going home. Many of us have also had to sit with the inner home that we have built and ask ourselves if we're happy about it. And for me, it's been an emotional roller coaster of trying to understand my emotions. And so the biggest thing in 2020 that I feel like changed a lot of things for me is this process is I let myself feel my emotions, which is something I wasn't allowing before. I let myself cry, scream, kick, do whatever I need to do. And when I feel like I'm ready, which that can be an hour, 10 minutes, five days, three weeks, whatever I need, whatever I need, I let myself have that time. And I don't judge myself for taking as long as I want to. That is probably the hardest part is 
putting judgment aside and letting yourself just have it. Because most of us have been taught or conditioned that we're not allowed to feel the way that we feel. And most of us have not been taught how to regulate our own emotions, recognize them, feel them, and then work through them. And this is really what 2020 has given me. So are you ready? So after I've done that, I get a journal out or a piece of paper. You could use your notepad on your phone or your computer, whatever. And I write out the problem. What is going on? Why do I feel uncomfortable? What is happening? And then I write at least a minimum of three things I'm going to do about it. And I start with one of them right away. So let me give you an example. Um, do I want to share that example? Do I want to give that public public knowledge? <laughs> um, I have a really great example. I'll be a little bit vague about it. Um, I had this issue where I was being accused of something that... I just really didn't agree with <laughs> and it, it, it did have to do with like my community and the kind of content that I make and it, I was being accused of something that to me I just don't see it that way. I feel like I'm, I'm sorry that this is so vague but I don't really want to give this person my platform and I don't want to start crap either because it's just so not worth it. The learning experience is what I took out of it but <clears throat> I was being accused of something really, in my mind, ridiculous, but it really hurt my feelings that somebody would take the time to come to me with something that I just see it such a different way. And it doesn't mean that I'm right or they're right. It means that we both just have different opinions. And that's the conclusion that I've come to. I feel like when we always think that we are the only ones that are correct, that's how we know that we have a spiritual ego. You have to make room for everybody to feel how they feel. So... I was being accused of something that I didn't feel right about. It's not how I view the world. And I felt like they were totally in the wrong. <laughs> um, but, but after I let myself cry about it, feel it out, have what I needed to have. And it was really upsetting. Like, I think I was upset for at least like two or three days about it. I'm a very sensitive person. <laughs> and then I sat down and I said, okay, Chloe, what's the problem? Let's state the problem. And what happened was, is I realized that the thing that was being exposed in me didn't really have anything to do with that person and what they were accusing me of. That was their issue. That was their problem. And what they were accusing me of had more to do with them versus me. And what I was feeling from their accusation had more to do with me and in ways that this person reminded me of other people not listening to me, not thinking I was valuable, not thinking that I was doing things in good faith, um, misjudging me, I think was a really big one. And so I wrote all of this out. And then I said, now, what are we going to do about it? And from there, I acted immediately. So I told myself I was going to send this person love right away. That was the first thing I wanted to do was... Um, even though this person and I do not share an opinion, I want them to know that they are divinely loved by me regardless. And that's not always easy to do. I don't recommend that that's the approach everybody takes because sometimes when somebody is really toxic as shit to you, like you're not in a space where you're ready to give them love and you do not need to ever feel guilty about that. Okay. We do not simp for abusers. Um, this was not on that level of abuse. So I felt really confident in my ability to send that person love, forgive myself, forgive them you know, whatever. Um, not literally, I didn't say anything to them. Just energetically, I sent the person love, I gave myself love, I gave myself forgiveness, I gave them forgiveness. Um, 
And then from there, I took actual physical actions where I set up things in my accounts where there's filters now, where things like that don't always pass through the barrier and get to me because frankly, anywhere that I have DMs open or messaging open, or I try to leave those channels open for business only. And sometimes I will respond to you all. If you like send me a DM on Instagram or something, I will respond to you if I can. I get so many of them that it's kind of overwhelming. Um, but when it comes to like email or things like that, I only respond to businesses. And to be honest, eventually this is on just being a business owner. I will probably outsource that and have somebody else scan my emails and only send me the stuff that comes from companies because that's not how I use that platform. Um, I tend to communicate with my audience more on other platforms. Um, so I went through and I put like all this stuff in order in my digital space and then I went through and I did something that was good for me. I keep a file folder of like positive messages from you all that are really loving and really sweet and really kind because most of you are, you all are that way. Most of you are very loving and very supportive and very kind, but it only takes one troll running through the scene to just crumble people. And sometimes that's me. Sometimes you catch me on a bad day. It takes that one troll comment to ruin my emotions or ruin my sense of self for three or four days. However, I feel like in 2020, I've kind of learned better coping mechanisms for that. I've learned how to like almost laugh some of that stuff off because I recognize how untrue it is. Um, and people just don't get it. <laughs> so, um, being a content creator is not always sunshine and rainbows, friends. Like you open yourself up to a world of hate when you shine as brightly as you possibly can. It's not always the easiest job in the world. Um, but anywho, that is the thing I want you to take away from this is always allow yourself to feel what you have to feel. Come at that from a non-judgmental place, because the moment you start to judge yourself for feeling down you're just going to not only feel bad about the original thing, but you're going to feel bad for feeling bad. So let yourself have it. That's always what I say. I'm going to let myself have it. And even if like I'm talking to my husband and he's trying to solve my problem for me, I just tell him, no, it's okay. I'm going to cry right now because I need to let myself have it. And he'll be like, oh, okay. Like he's always very adaptable to what I need. And if I tell him I want somebody to help me suss something out, then we will. Right. So, um, let yourself have it. And when you feel ready, write down the problem, see it for what it is, and then give yourself three action steps for what you're going to do about it and take action on at least one of them right away. And I say do it right away because it's really easy to put down your three action steps and then be like, oh, I'm going to do like, it's like, oh, I'll get to that next week or I'll get to it tomorrow. And then you never take the action and you leave it in this suspended state. But if you take action right away, our brains are really funny and really fickle with this shit. And our brain gets that hit of dopamine. Like, oh, I'm doing something good about this. I'm doing something for myself about this. And so you're actually feeding your brain those good chemicals that are going to help you create better habits, have better critical thinking skills, and actually help you manage and navigate the problem areas or quote unquote problem areas in your life. You're giving critical thinking to your problems. And yeah, so I hope that was helpful. I feel like we, we started talking about manifestation and then we fell down this other rabbit hole, but 
that I feel like is one of the biggest things that really helped me to bring new energy into my life was really working on the old energy and seeing it for what it was, recognizing it's not who I am anymore and moving forward in a way that is living in accordance with myself. So I hope that was helpful for you. I hope that 2021 is the best year of your life. I hope you get everything you set out for. Just don't forget to tell the universe, this is what I deserve. <laughs> then go out there and get it. I love you all so much, and I will speak to you all again next Tuesday. Bye. If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week.